0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is The Mark Hope Show. The Mark Hope Show. Filled with wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the tag team, Joe DeFalco and your host, mark hoke good morning
1: las vegas hey it's daylight savings time how's everybody doing i'm great i am absolutely great how are you guys doing in there i am quite
2: magical thank you for having me here magical wow yes sir sir. a little tired a little tired though
3: yeah You, you picked up your pace mark you were, you were you were dragging a little earlier. Well, yeah, You just I, get excited about talking about AEW.
1: I I just get excited <laughs> to do radio period. It's a blast. Yeah, and it it's daylight savings. Yeah, I'm happy about that. I'm happy with more sun. <sighs> yeah, that that's a good thing. Longer There's, days, I like that better. It's it's a benefit, you know, but not in the immediate future.
2: Right, the first couple of weeks a little rough adjusting, <sighs> but then, uh, you know, it's yeah. a beautiful thing after
1: that. Yeah, something like that. Well, this is the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN, 101.5 FM. K-Dawn, we are doing the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. That gaggle of voices that you hear behind me, well, beside me. I don't, I don't know. What what would we call this? Caddy cornered <laughs> There you go. There you go. I'm not sure. But Brian Ronovich from Las Vegas wrestling scene. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well, good. Yeah. See, well, I, you could answer my question first. I'm so,
3: yeah, I know. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I was like, wait, I just said the same thing to him. I'm good. I'm real good. You hate when you do that. I know. I was like, why did I say that?
1: It's it's always funny. Thanks for it, pointing it out. When, when I when I Uber sometimes, you know, someone will say, "Have a nice day," and I'll be like, "Have a nice day." You know, you, you do that. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it doesn't work out. But we also have a uh, a new resident in the booth today. I'm sure we'll be seeing this gentleman in here quite a bit as long as we can keep dragging him out of bed. Right, right, right. Yeah, something like that. The David Difference from FSW. What's up, Big Dog?
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the David Difference. Oh, what a difference a Dave makes. It is an honor to be here representing the FSW fam. I'm I'm glad to be here, man. Good to have you, bro. Thank you. Thank you.
1: So Tell everybody a little bit about what you do at Future Stars of Wrestling here in Las Vegas, which, of course, if you want to check it out, it's fswvegas.com.
2: Yeah, so I, I'm more involved with behind the scenes. Uh, well, if you ask Joe DeFalco, he'll say I don't do much, but <laughs> I think he'll say wow. that about everybody. Um, <laughs> A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff from sponsorships, uh, sales, and, uh, you know, merchandise, obviously, designing and selling merchandise. And then, you know, you know how FSW is. It's like this big fam, so everybody kind of pitches in where needed. You know, so sometimes we're running errands or, you know, just stroking Joe's ego. You know, whatever, whatever the situation calls for, the David difference is there to make a difference.
1: Yeah, so when you go to an FSW card, like you'll be going to Mecca here towards the end of the month. Yes, sir. Make sure you stop by the merch stand and buy a lot of stuff from David. <laughs> yes, sir.
2: We got the uh, fan merchandise. So at FSW, we don't consider you know the people that come to the shows as as fans. It's a family there. If you come down there, it's a family atmosphere, like just good times. So come on down and uh, become a member of the family.
1: Yeah, took good care of my daughter. Appreciate that. By yes, the way. definitely. Always. Yeah. yeah, he's all right. <laughs> it's all right. You, well, guys. A wild week in pro wrestling. And actually, there's a couple of things over the past 10 days As we had so many guests and things going on I didn't get to really touch on. So we have a a lot of ground to cover today. And we're going to be going some new school, some old school, some character stuff, and man boob attacks. (laughs) (laughs) Looking forward to that. Yeah, that
2: should be interesting.
1: Believe it or not. Oh, It's the world of professional wrestling, everybody. <laughs> Yikes! But uh, but the first thing that we really want to get into is a, a true Matt classic took place at AEW Revolution uh, this last Sunday as Maxwell Jacob Friedman faced off with the American Bret- Dragon Brian Danielson in a sixty minute Iron Man match, which actually went a little bit longer. MJF holds on to the title. Both men looked like they had just been, I don't know, dragged through a, I'd say barbed wire, but they kind of did that on the card too. They they, they were beat up. Sure. They were beat up. But an unbelievable match between these two guys. MJF survives it thanks to an oxygen tank (laughs) shot to the melon and a tap out to Daniel's LaBelle lock just to finish it off. And MJF continues the reign of terror. But boy, I'll tell you, he was he had a hematoma on his head, on his forehead that went down under his eye. And a few days later, and oh, he was a mess, but a worthwhile victory for Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And, you know, I think, you know, first, just the reaction to the match that everybody had. And I'm sure at least you guys probably saw some of the reviews and things like that. Just, uh, Many people, and I, I even heard Brian Last, who, of course, works with Jim Cornette on his podcast, and they hate AEW. Can't stand them. Said that was probably the best Iron Man match he's ever seen. And that's saying something from Brian Last to say that. Um, you know, guys, just first, the impact of this match, because, you know, WWE was stealing the spotlight, and now all of a sudden, MJF took it right back. Well.
2: Yeah, so I think a match like this, I mean, this is the type of match that I look forward to, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, I've watched some of the clips. I'm going to go back and watch it today because you got me pumped on this one. But uh, it was a brutal match. I think obviously solidified uh, MJF, like, oh, yeah. And just a huge star. And even if you're not a wrestling fan, this is one of those matches that you show non wrestling fans and it builds their interest, you know?
3: Yeah, and a match like this, too, is, and we touched on it last week with Joe, was that. If that MJF kind of needs to have a match like this, like the, the all-time greats have matches that you can look back on and go, oh, remember, you know, especially like HBK. You know, if you look at him, talk about Iron Man matches, you can go back to the ladder match at Mania Ten. You can go back to his his uh, Iron Man match with Bret Hart. You can talk his Undertaker matches. Like, so you you have to you want to have a resume like that as you're building your legacy. And I think this is one for MJF that. Uh, has to top the list, I would think, at this point.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because people forgot about the dog-collar match with CM Punk. That was an absolutely incredible match, too. And, you know, this guy just keeps going out and having great match after great match, and it's hard to believe that he's in his mid-20s. I yeah. mean, yeah. the he handles himself like, a, you know, a 20-year veteran of the ring. I mean, in, in every way, too. You know, whether he's doing a promo, an interview, and you know, he he does it old school, you know. He he cavebabs everything up. It's it's pretty neat to see that there's going to be a, a great superstar for a long time in this industry uh, with him doing what he's doing. Uh, you know, but you know, they were talking about this being the best Iron Man match of all time. I know you guys have been watching wrestling forever. You know what? Are, what are some of your favorite Iron Man matches that you can think of off the top of your head? I mean, uh,
2: where, where do we begin? I mean, you talk about Bret Hart and uh, yeah. Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Classics. Um, and I was just recently watching a review show of that, and some people said it wasn't all that um, w- where they had no finishes <laughs> for 60 minutes. I can imagine being in the crowd. That, that may weigh on you, but as far as what they were doing, the job that they set out to do, I think mm-hmm. they accomplished that. Uh, and if you really understand the business, you know, then you would love that match.
3: Yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I think that uh, even not just a straight Iron Man match, I mean, even if you talk like, if you go way back, the Sting and Ric Flair, even though it wasn't really 60 minutes, you know, the Clash of Champions. Yeah, the
1: 45 minute. Draw, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, you know, there have been some, uh, some real good one hour matches even if they aren't the Iron Man match for me what I think made set this one apart is that it was really was a true Iron Man match it wasn't 30 minutes it wasn't watered down it was it was the main event of the big show the there was plenty of build up to it It, you you were ready for to watch those guys for an hour and that to me was what made this special and why it stood out
1: yeah and you know there's some other ones that I you know I remember like the uh, Chris Benoit, uh, Kurt Angle one. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was an mm-hmm. absolute classic. Brett Brett, Owen, remember they did one oh, yeah. back at uh, – Oh, yeah. Classic, yeah. classic. Yeah, they did that one. Uh, and, and I'm just looking down the list of someone else. We had like the – even though it was 30 minutes, the Bailey-Sasha Banks one at NXT. I mean, that was – No, that was good. That, that was good. That was amazing. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, I'm just going down the list here.
2: Think about uh, Unguided, they went toe-to-toe
1: for Matt and Damian
3: Drake, yeah. Oh, that's right. That was was hearing about that match. match. <laughs> that was the first match that popped into my head, actually, okay. when he said that so <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, got represent. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, that was a great match, actually, also.
2: I think the builds to, like, the Iron Man matches like there's a lot that goes into it. Like, mm-hmm. just everybody can't get out there and, like, let's do 60 minutes. Um, from a story perspective, also physically, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that, um like, any build-up to an Iron Man match is a magical thing, you know.
3: Oh yeah cuz you you have to want to invest in a 60 minutes. Right. You're in for an hour regardless. So the hype behind it like to your point is is critical to it without a doubt. Not just having the guys that can work it cuz MJF and Danielson are, are perf- their styles are perfect for an iron man match. So you knew you were going to get that but the proper build to it just made it even better.
1: Yeah. And and the tricky to me that you know I I've, I've never wrestled but it would seem to me the tricky part about planning out a match like that is doing enough that you're pacing yourself and you're not going to, you know, blow up 15 20 minutes in and then you're also doing enough to keep the fans interest, interested without, you know, blowing them up too because if you try to do too much, you know, it, it just it's overwhelming and we see that on cards all the time where you'll have a, a you know three or four really good matches in a row that just are explosive and exciting, and then you know you'll get to that one where everybody's just like, oh, I need a break," right? You right. know, so you you have to be really careful telling that story as you went along. And you know, the one thing one thing I really loved was the the first two falls for MJF were hilarious. It was a, it was a perfect heel, you know, gave him a low blow, got DQ'd, went down two zero, and then pinned him twice off the low blow. Right. I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, how 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 smart is doing something like that? You know?
3: Oh yeah, I mean, because the thing is that MJF has to always be careful of is he doesn't want to do anything that's going to get him cheered, and so like any win he gets should you, not every win, but some especially against someone like Danielson, you know that pinfalls have to come off of a cheat to to me or some sort of hijinks uh, to allow him to get the win because that's what's going to keep the heat there you know if he start, if he wins spectacularly you run the risk of getting cheered and that's the last thing he wants
1: yeah and and mjf is certainly teetering on the edge of that he is he's it's, almost getting too cool to boo yeah for sure so yeah so a pretty wild main event at AEW revolution and there were some other matches on there too you know just a few but uh we will get into this. let's I tell you what let's take our first break i think that's a good place to pause our little broadcast here. Sounds good. So how about we do that? We will come back to the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN, 101.5 FM. Uh, Just want to remind everybody, too, by the way, if you're driving around in Las Vegas right now and you need some breakfast. Now, I I got up a little early this morning, you know, and uh, did not go to Unique Eats, heavily regretting it. Because I want a good breakfast, a home-cooked breakfast. Something that I'm going to really enjoy. Award-winning omelets, pizzas, pastas, you name it. They've got it. Smoothie bar, vegetarian options, too. And they do catering. Celebrity chef Dominic Tedesco, internationally renowned celebrity chef and pizza chef. Just unreal. And they've got beer and wine over there, too. And today's Jazz Day, by the way, guys. Oh wow. yeah, It's Jazz Day, 11 o'clock. You get Jazz Singer over there, too. You know, that that's an MJF-level segue, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It really so, is. So make sure, guys, you get over to Unique Eats today and uh, say hi to Dominic and the team over there. They're absolutely awesome. 3100 South Durango, Sweet 100, 3100 South Durango, Sweet 100. You can check out the website at uniqueeatslv.com. That's uniqueeatslv.com. Or give them a call, 702-992-3038. That's 992-3038. Go have a great meal today, guys. Check it out at Unique Eats. All right, we come back. The rest of AEW Revolution, the good, the bad, the eh, but a lot of good. Pretty good card this week. So stick around for more. We're going to talk about AEW Revolution and so much more in the world of pro wrestling when we return on The Mark Hoke Show. We'll be right back.
0: 1015 <laughs> FM K Don. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke.
1: And we are back on the Mark Hoke Show here on K Don 1015FM Talk of Las Vegas. And by the way, don't forget, if you just happen to be out of the area and you can't listen to us on the uh, you know, your little radio or whatever you got, hey. The Odyssey app. It's got yeah. thousands, not just this show. Of course, you need to listen to every episode of the Mark Hoke show. They're all up there. Obviously. That's very important. But once you're done, then you can listen to any other great shows here on Kadon or you know, pretty much around the world. There's a ton of terrific programming on there. So download that Odyssey app, A U D A C Y. And they're actually doing a little contest right now too. If you every hour you log, you can, you know, win a trip to or a uh, some tickets to go see uh, Mr. Dunham down on the, uh, on the strip.
2: Jeff Dunham. Yeah.
1: Ooh. So just put your Odyssey app on. Let it, in fact, all you got to do, go, go hit the Mark Hoke show. And you know, Brian, you can do this too.
3: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. you know, Just definitely. Turn I, already on the Mark did. Show. I already did.
1: Let's play all those, play all the episodes. Oh yeah. And every hour you listen to the Mark Hoke show, you get an entry for the, for the Jeff Dunham concert. Oh, there you go. So there you go. Win-win. Yeah, it's huge. So make sure you do that. Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, so uh, continuing on with AEW Revolution, uh, some pretty interesting matches on the card. Uh, We did have a title change with Warlow knocking off Samoa Joe. He actually submitted Joe out, put him in a sleeper to say goodbye to Samoa Joe. And win back the TNT title, which he ended up losing. Dropping right after. Which he lost on Dynamite.
3: And and that was a, there was no, was there any kind of feud behind the Falls Count Anywhere match? Or did they just make it a Falls Count Anywhere match?
1: Do you want to know why they did that?
2: Is that the uh, Bay Uh, Bay Area bipping of the title? Yeah. (laughs) Does that play in?
1: No. Someone (laughs) stole all of Wardlow's gear. Right. And the TNT, yeah. So Wardlow had no gear to wear. So he had, so they made it a Falls Count Anywhere match because he had to wear his street clothes for the match. Yeah, that, so. is,
2: that is different. In the Bay Area, they call that bipping. Oh, oh you. Yeah, you. I'm sorry. Break, okay, yeah, yeah. It, so I'm not hipping. I'm not hipping. <laughs> <different. laughs> well, it's a Bay thing. So I, it, it, yeah, a lot of cars getting broken into. That's what I heard. Uh, he had That's a rental car. He got his title belt stolen, all his gear, and so they had to call the audible um, on
1: that.
3: <laughs> was but, he was he dropping the, the belt regardless? Did, he, this, yes. Was there any okay?
1: Apparently so. Yeah, they had apparently had the Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs title change planned for a while, but everything that kind of happened in between with Joe getting the belt and Darby Allen getting the belt and everything, because apparently Wardlow had been hurt. Right. So they right. had to take the belt off him for a while. But yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, David. Different site. Yeah. I've I, never
3: heard it. And I'll hear I'm, it tomorrow. I've never heard that before, <laughs> but I'll hear it like three times in two weeks. You yeah, know?
1: Probably. But it, right before that was a match that we we talked about wiping everybody out was the Hangman Adam Page and uh John Moxley Texas Death Match. Mm. Now, if you didn't see this, I'm going to warn you. This was kind of in near GCW territory. Wow. On this match. Did they use light tubes? No light tubes. Okay, good. Barbed wire, bricks, thick chains, you know like like tow chains? Right. Oh, was, wow. It was pretty rough. It was pretty rough, and you know I don't I don't mind a match like that. That's you're going to have those. It's a it's a Texas death match, but they kind of did some things in there that bothered me a little bit. Like it, like like David, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. If you're going to hurt somebody, are you going to wrap barbed wire around your torso and then do a moonsault on top of them to hurt them, or uh, or do you think that could have detrimental effects on your own body?
2: yeah I, um it depends on your level of sanity right <laughs> so, yeah so I think a lot of people use exactly. that strategy thinking um you know but some you get pumped up right, and you're not thinking straight when you're going into a match like that, and uh you know the adrenaline's pumping, and you know you don't make the wisest decision i mean to get in a match like that, you're not you're, making the wisest exactly. decisions yeah, in yeah. your life you know so um to each their own yeah
3: it doesn't seem it, it always reminds me of two you know wrapping the chain around your hand and then hitting somebody with right. it like you're sure to break your hand right you know yeah likely throw yeah, caution to sc- the wind man. exactly you know <laughs> that,
1: very true of course they they were uh, hangman page got his hand smashed with bricks mm. mox kind of did a stomp onto bricks with oh. it um mox also brought a fork along when all Abdul the butcher um, oh wow! Oh, and it was bad too. It wasn't just a he he. It wasn't just a little poke, repeated pokes, and then kind of dragged uh, it through. Oh man, it was rough. So I'm going to warn you if you haven't seen it, and you want to watch it. Um, just be ready. Yes, and and it, like it. it ended up hangman choked him out as he hung him with a chain that, <laughs> a, a like a toe chain that Mox brought into the ring. So. Ouch. So Paige yeah. didn't get the win. <laughs> well, okay. But, <laughs> good way. But after but after it was over, Wardlow and Samoa Joe had to go on and
0: you oh. can imagine oh, what
1: I the mean, crowd was like right, oh, right. I bet. drained them, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a little rough. But uh earlier in the night, uh, one other match that I thought was really good, House of Black taking on the elite. Of course, House of Black is Malachi Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews with Julia Hart, and the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Who brought the whole gang along? Brandon Cutler and Michael Makazawa. So there's like eleven people out here for this match, but a, a pretty wild match. And I thought everybody showed up very well. The Young Bucks looked small. They oh really, yeah, they really did. And I think that was that was kind of an issue in that that they just didn't seem like you know their 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 teamwork and their coordination would overcome. But you know, but still, it was they they didn't look like pro wrestlers in there. It looked like they were a couple of teenagers stuck in. Stuck in with the big boys, you know what I mean. But uh, the House of Black ends up winning that match, so they are now the trios champions. And uh, you know, I, I like this. I like those three guys together. You know, I mean, Malachi Black and Kenny Omega were fantastic in the ring, and Brody King just looked awesome. And Buddy Matthews looked good too. I mean, just uh, a really good combination of wrestlers with. And the entrance was amazing. So you get if you haven't seen that, it's pretty cool too. But, uh, you know, I know, Brian, you were talking a little bit about uh, about those guys and some thoughts. I really like uh,
3: Brody King. He's a guy I've been watching for a long time from his time at SoCal. And uh, I'm glad to see him really get an opportunity. And with somebody like Malachi Black, you know, he's, he's one of those guys, you know, that when AEW signed him, he wasn't used right in WWE, and then he seemed to have some issues. But that kind of seems to be what happens with AEW. Every time someone has a problem uh, – every AEW comes around and starts giving him a little more love but i i've wanted to see what black can do ever since he left nxt because when he went up to wwe it wasn't a whole lot so having a title having a major faction i'm i'm certainly interested in seeing what they do with this from here uh, do you think mark do you think there's a chance they do malachi black and kenny omega one-on-one
0: i
1: would love to see that i mean when those two were in the ring together unreal absolutely unreal it, and you know, and it's about time Malachi Black got a real a real shot as as singles. You know, when he came in, they they were pushing him pretty hard and then he kinda of stalled out. You know, they couldn't quite figure out what to do with him and the Cody Rhodes thing and you know, but then once he but now I think once they've kind of got a reset here, you know, there's a chance to really do something fantastic with him. And those two guys, oh I'm telling you, from the little bit of time that they got one on one in there, they're gonna light it up. Absolutely, light it up. So
3: I I think one of the mistakes that they've made is when they've signed some of these guys instead of you know even though they're coming from WWE you still got to let them cook a little bit and I think they've taken some of them and pushed them right into big matches so you skip over five or six months maybe you know or less of you know the fans really getting into them being in their buildings and so when you push them right into this big match it's like okay well we've already seen this now and we had no build and i think that's hurt guys like Malachi black and miro and adam cole you know cole, we can name adam you know. cole we could name others you know that's that's really where i think that you know the mistake has been with some of these guys what do you think about that david
2: well i think that uh, uh there's something beautiful about the build and uh like he said like coming over from wwe especially i mean they're adapting to a new style a new crowd um you know, and and obviously they got more free reign mm-hmm. in AEW. So you know, I think it, it does take a while to build that yeah, up, it does. you know, and get the crowd behind it. Yep. Versus just saying, "Oh, WWE guy, let's push them to the moon, um, make us fall back in love with them." Right. You know, right. and see because um, a lot of times WWE underutilized them. So you know, right. let's give us the build of what they're really about. You know. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think it's always been tough because most of the people that have left WWE to come over to AEW kind of got put up on the top of the toy shelf, like in Toy Story. Right, yes. Right, you know, and so their their momentum got slowed, and there's that excitement for people that were fans of these people that knew they weren't getting used right. And you know, so you're like, yeah, they're here. But then you also have to realize, I think, that you, know, you can't, if you – you use them too fast, you're going to, you're going to burn them out. Exactly. Less you
3: know, is more, you know? I mean, that's, that's really, I mean, the only Brian Danielson is one is really the arguably the only one that came over right from WWE that you could push right to the top. Right. And the fans wouldn't be like, Oh, we're sick of him now because he's a top guy. But a lot of these guys that are coming in. Weren't, working at the top of the card but when you're trying to push them to the top when they have weren't even there in wwe they might have been big talents that people you know that you thought have tons of potential but they hadn't been at the top of the card yet yet you try to throw them on the top it's it's a totally different thing when you go to aw i think you you know, want to talk about historically like, like bret hart i think is a great oh, example a great example because he goes to WC, wcw he had to be rebuilt it's a different thing i mean it's not the same and I think that's something that gets missed. You think just because it's on TV all the time, it's going to be the same, and it's not.
2: I don't. I don't think that worked out for Bret Hart. I no, r- remember didn't. that being <laughs> garbage. That was terrible. <laughs> garbage. Like it you really were excited, was. you wanted to see him show up there, and when he did, it was like,
3: uh, yeah. And then w- you know, what? I mean, they started with that terrible him being the referee, referee yeah. blew up the Sting Hulk match that they built for a year and a half, <laughs> right? It, and that was really just the worst way to start for somebody like him. It was, and it just went south.
1: Yes, it did, and you no know, and, and two people that I think it, that have been kind of stuck in that st- same limbo, you know, wrestled on the on AEW Revolution was Soraya and Ruby Soho, who I think both ran into that too, and uh, you know, I mean, Soraya, the pressure that was on her, you know, she she struggled a little bit, you know, she had a really tough time with her promos early, was trying to figure out who she was in there, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she's getting everybody's like, eh. This isn't the page we remember, right? I mean, you know, and, and Ruby Soho, you know, when she did her promo, she did the heel turn at Revolution. She actually mentioned in the promo on Dynamite that she, you know, every time she turned around, she was getting booed. You know, and and I was at the match with Chris Statlander uh, that was on. Uh, I can't remember if it was Dynamite or Rampage, which one? Uh, but Statlander got cheered like crazy, and Soho got booed out of the building. You know, and and they used that, but it but it was just one of those things where you know, you, the, I think that they kind of shoved some of those people in a little too quickly, and it hurt them very badly. So, and yeah. I
3: think Ruby Soho is a perfect example. I mean, she wasn't really working the top of the card in WWE. You know, it's the same kind of thing. And I and against Chris Statlander though, like you're not going to get many cheers when you wrestle her anyway. I mean, she's so over in the first place, you know, so that's a tough spot regardless. But to me, Ruby So makes way more sense as a heel. Yeah. I agree. Man. And her and, and Saray, I think I, I think that those three is a that's a nice little group
1: there. We'll see what they can do with that. Yeah. I don't know if I like the the insider outsider whole thing. I don't like yeah, but, I don't like the but,
3: name or anything but I think those three as a faction that could be decent.
1: Yeah, I think they're gonna be all right. So um and apparently EW made some decent money on this pay per view by the way. Um, it actually, they're waiting for the final numbers to come in. Uh, Meltzer is reporting 120, to 129,000. Tony Khan is saying it looks like it's about 130 to 140,000. Um, so pretty good numbers for AEW revolution. So the boys make some money. Good. And just for fun. And you know what they're going to be spending it on guys. Have you heard this? What's that? A new TV show. Oh. For AEW. What they I, did, I did hear about this. this Uh-oh. Uh, so apparently uh, they are trying to finish a deal out with uh, Warner Brothers Discovery to add a new show to their broadcasting network. Uh, let's see what they're saying. Uh, Adrian Zarian of the Matman Podcast reported, uh, Tony Khan, Warner Brothers Discovery are in the process of finalizing a deal to Aaron Extra, TV. Uh, which they're saying will probably be called AEW Collision and uh, expecting an announcement in the next month or so. So you've got another possible new show for AEW. Good idea, bad idea. Well, David, what do you think about that? Uh, well, So, yeah, I heard about
2: Collision. I heard they trademarked the name and uh, they're gearing up for something. I, You know, to me, I think – a lot of times you're going to oversaturate the market, yeah. you know, but if you look at how much talent they got and like we said, they bring over WWE guys and they got to push them to the top. It also gives them an opportunity to work their way through these different avenues. But if you're asking me, like how much like give me something different, like give me a behind the scenes show, something different, some different mm-hmm. content. Um,
1: Which they're doing. They are doing that behind the scenes show. They well, announced that.
2: Oh, okay, okay. So something like that, but I'm saying like sometimes it just becomes repetitive, and you know, like if you really want to engage, you know, your fans, you got to give them something fresh, something new, and you know, oversaturated. We saw how that happened, you know, with WWE, especially going to three hours on Raw. It was like mm-hmm. it was just a different feel. It was like
1: too yep. much. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where you're going to put this on the on the wrestling calendar. That's that's the interesting part right. because you know it, you know the ratings for Rampage. I mean, for a Friday night at ten o'clock. Those numbers are good, but it, you know, and everybody kind of busts people's chops about it. But you know, for Friday night at ten, getting a half million viewers is solid.
3: Yeah, that's a terrible night too. Friday night's not a great night. For yeah, I mean
1: the plan TV. the plan was you know hopefully you get the flow over from SmackDown at the end, but you know, but that's not that that was never realistic. So I I don't know where you put that show on,
2: guys. You, you know what I miss, and like I've been a fan since I was a young young sure, youngin. Sure, sure, like it was sure. my first love, but. Saturday morning, waking up. There you go. Wrestling. Like, uh, we, we don't have that. I mean, obviously you could watch anything anytime, you know, because of YouTube and, you know, yeah. the network and everything. But there was something about that Saturday morning I was always looking forward Superstars, to. I yeah. Was waking show, yeah. up and it was like mainly jobber matches. Uh-huh, you may have one yep. good one, but the promos, the everything that was in there. Like, I look forward to that every weekend. So, um, I don't think there's a, a set Saturday. Uh, they do pay per views now, but yeah. that, wake up and you know watch something and that show
3: that show for WWF was such a great way to build their their pay-per-views because especially that show would come on the date because the pay-per-view would be on a sunday so that show would be you know you'd see whoever was going to be really featured in the pay-per-view pushing it like that even though it's wrestling it's like you don't want to just start creating oh here's another wrestling show from aew that's where i think like what you were talking about yeah that's where i think the challenge comes for them It it could just like, I don't think you add a show because you have too many wrestlers. I I think, I mean, in a, a, in the beginning stage, having two is fine, but once you get to like four and five, I don't think that's necessarily the answer.
1: Yeah, I would, you know what I'd really like to see them do. I think would be fun is now they're going to start doing house shows. What if you took some of the matches from the house shows, taped them and put them on that show? And then you generate some interest for the house shows, you know, and you could – then, you know, if you want to do – say you want to do a title change at a house show, you know, you'll be able to televise it. Uh, you know, I think that would be an interesting way to go. What do, what do you guys think about that?
2: Well, I, I think like the show they're doing now on YouTube with um, the, uh, the Dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. isn't that essentially – what I think it would just be more of that unless they gave it a house show feel. I remember mm. the house show was uh, well underproduced, you know, everything yeah. I went to. But there was a different feel. So, yeah, oh, if they yeah. came with that feel, I'm all for it. But if it's just another, it's a house show, but it's televised, and, you know.
3: See, and that's, I think they've hurt themselves with AEW Dark, too, because at first it was really cool. You'd see all the posts and shares, oh, I'm on AEW Dark. But then you start seeing everybody on AEW Dark, especially right. like the up-and-coming talent. You're like, does it? I've even said this to people, like, does it mean what it did, you know, what it, whenever it first started? Because when everybody earned, make gets a spot on there, it doesn't mean as much as it would if not as many people
2: did. Definitely. I think to the fans, right? But, like, yeah. as as the wrestlers, obviously, to be in there and just be in that, you know, like, it's a learning environment. For right? sure. So for you're in sure. there, you're networking, you're meeting people, you're seeing how things mm-hmm. run differently. So it's good to advance your career. Of course. From a fan standpoint, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like. Oh, I'm going to watch my guys on AEW oh, and yeah. then they get squashed and, you know, and mm-hmm. barely get an introduction. But that's part I think that's, you know, what it's all about there. Yeah. And so I think it's good for the career. Um it's definitely good seeing FSW guys pop Oh, definitely. Up
3: on. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely not bad. I just think that, you know, it's it's while it's it's an important thing, I don't know if it's I don't think it's the step it should be. Like you right. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it sh- if 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 it weren't a lot of people being on it, I think it would be maybe even be a bigger thing.
2: Right. Or give him an opportunity to, like, you already know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like, exactly. like, Camera Faction about to, you know, get some uh, titles out of this appearance. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be interesting. Like, as a For fan, sure. like, like we're so everything, we know everything. You got the dirt sheets, you mm-hmm. got, you know, internet. Like, we want to be surprised, too, you know? So show us yeah. something that we don't expect and we'll tune in more. Oh, definitely, without
3: a doubt.
1: No, no doubt no, about it. it. So. I,
3: AEW, I, for me, I'd like to see them focus more on developing the younger talent. And just bringing guys in from indies isn't really developing young talent. I, I I imagine they have some sort of academy or school planned at some point, I would think. But that's really where I'd like to see AEW invest because that's what I think is going to be the thing for their future is that infrastructure build.
1: There you go. All right. Well, guys, we got to take another break. And, of course, when we come back, we've got a more great wrestling news and entertainment uh, we've got all sorts of fun stuff going on in WWE and uh, an interesting interview that we had this week with Edge hmm. that I want to talk to you guys about that I found quite fascinating about how you build character. What's important in the world of pro wrestling? So stick around, everybody. We've got a lot more of the David Difference and Brian Ranovich from LasVegasWrestlingScene.com. Make sure you check that great website out for everything going on in Las Vegas. We will be right back here on the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN. Stick around.
0: 1015 FM K-Don You're listening to the number 1 professional wrestling radio show in Vegas, the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Now, here again is Mark Hoke. Yeah, that's me.
1: You guys are so lucky to have me on a Sunday morning. It's just it's just amazing. I mean, you know, you get a little church service here on K-Don and then Pro wrestling with me and the gang can't beat that. It's pretty awesome, right, Brian? Yes,
3: sir. It is Brian oh, Ronovich.
1: Yeah, Brian Ronovich from uh, LasVegasWrestlingScene.com. dot com and the David Difference from FSW Future Stars of Wrestling here in Las Vegas.
2: Yes, sir. The best thing going. It in is. this city. Ask, it, ask Brian. He'll tell you.
1: It's <laughs> number one.
3: It is. It really is. <laughs> yep. You gotta. You gotta go with
1: that. I, I certainly enjoy my time at FSW too. Yeah, it's a it was, blast. Great yeah, yeah. cards. Great talent. Definitely want to check it out. Go to FSWVegas.com. dot com. You can also learn to be a wrestler there too or great referee school,
3: or great school. Terrific know. coaches.
2: Yeah, yeah, production from production, everything, like the business end, like we do it all there. If you want to learn, come on down. Let's get it. And speaking of FSW, where is Joe DeFalco?
1: I don't yeah, know. Seriously I, Joe. I sent him the uh I sent him his little link to get on our clean feed system, but uh, he is—he didn't set his clock. I I guess not. It's not the first time. But um, two other little things I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on before we uh, head into the second hour. Uh, First, there was a controversy on Dynamite last week, and I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but when Powerhouse Hobbs had climbed the ladder to get that amazing golden donut, Three of the referees held the ladder in place for him. Now it's not the first time that I've I've seen referees holding ladders in a ladder match. Right. But boy, they took some heat, heat, heat for that. You know, go get another ladder. Why can't Hobbs climb a ladder? You know, he should be able to balance himself. Ba-da-da-da-da. Your thoughts, guys, on the referees getting involved in a situation like that. You know obviously you're protecting the performer but at the same time was it a good look? Uh, well, not not really. Go fireweed.
2: Yeah yeah I think it depends on your pers- I mean obviously it's not a good look, right? We want everything like as much as we want we want to believe, right? So you look at something like that it's it's not a good look business-wise or if you're in the business or if you're like a hardcore fan but I mean understanding it's live production you know, you got to do what you got to do, you know, for the sake of TV half the time and, and safety, you know. So, I mean, what do we want? You know? Yeah,
3: I think I think you said it perfect. I mean, that's the last uh, – you really don't want to see – I mean, maybe one referee and he can kind of – he or she can kind of make it look good. But when you have three that are holding it for the man to win, <laughs> right, right. you know, that to me is like the – if it was a boxing match, referee picking up the guy that got knocked down, you know, like to me it's just uh, –
2: Right, yeah. the fix is in. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I get it. I I, I mean, obviously, we understand why, yeah, I don't why see it's get done, hurt, but course. at the same time, it's like, yeah. Nah,
3: there has enough. to be another way to do it. Right. I guess it's the way. Yeah, call <laughs> a know, different
2: spot or something. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think everybody just kind of looked at it and said, match is ending. Hobbs is a big dude. The ladder's not steady. What do we do? And decided on the, the side of protecting Hobbs from having the ladder collapse or something like that. I mean... And and there were already a couple of really rough bumps in that match as was so I I guess I didn't blame them but God it just it just looked like a swarm of stripes at the bottom of the ladder. Well, for you, you guys, know? like when
3: from a production standpoint though, can't you do something with the camera? To I mean, obviously you can right. see it live, but isn't there a way to do something? To where it's not so quite obvious. so obvious? Yeah. I think on Isn't production. There some trickery yeah. there you yeah, can yeah. do?
2: Production and I think it's just uh, being on point. A lot of times stuff happened on the fly and everybody, you yeah. know, you got to switch gears quickly. But who you said controversy? Who 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 is out there ranting and raving about this? Oh, one? the entire Cornette? just <laughs> the entire planet.
1: Sure, Jim Cornette uh, had plenty to say.
2: I've been I've been in the Dave cave for a little bit, so I didn't, I didn't hear about this <laughs> one. Yeah, it got a little crazy. The other
1: the other one that happened was at Revolution with MJF, and if and I'm sure you guys probably saw this too. That early in the match, uh, MJF was in the in the stands and was then was headed back. Took a drink from a woman and threw it on her kid. Yes. yes. Turned oh, out nice. that was tequila. <laughs> nice. So mom was getting a little schnookered at the uh, at the AEW event and can't only imagine what uh, level of tequila had already been consumed, but apparently some of the tequila caught the, the kid in the eye and this was not planned. Uh they they took it backstage and Amanda Huber was all over him helping him out, but uh good heel move? Well, over the line. I, I'll tell you this. We got about a minute, by the way.
2: Okay, for me as a heel, yes, I, I love. Like I love this kind of stuff. And if I was that kid, I, that kid, I would love to take some tequila in the face <laughs> and, be, and be get me involved in the show. I'm good with it. Like you know, let that roll off your back, man.
3: Yeah, I would. I would think so too. I mean, it's definitely a good heel move. I, I think he <laughs> just needs to. You just got to be careful because you never know how anybody's going to respond to it. You know. But as far as a as a heel spot. He, he seems to find him every time when he flicked out the kid, what, a year ago? So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: Tony Tony told him he was a bad, bad boy, and then they gave the kid some merch and got him a few more tickets. And all good. I'd have been fine with that. Yeah. So, all right. Hey, we've got hour number two coming up, guys. We're never done in here. It's awesome. The Mark Hoke Show, best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. If you would like to follow the show, we would certainly appreciate it. At Mark Hoke Show. Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show. Show.com with our new patron program we're setting up. So sign up for that. You help the show out, and we've got some cool stuff going in there. I'll have some great announcements on the website, probably on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, it looks like. And, of course, uh, YouTube, we've got those videos up at the Mark Hoek Show as well. So a lot going on. And, by the way, don't forget, Bobby Fulton from the Fantastics is on next week. That's going to be awesome. So stick around, guys. We've got another hour of the Mark Hoek Show coming up. We'll be right back.